Today I'm going to talk to you uh, in continuing some thoughts that the Lord's laid on my heart. I've talked to you on the first Sunday of the, of the year on stress. I realized that I was going through some and that everybody I met was. So I thought we need to look at that, and we did. And then the, the second message of the year, I talked about forgiveness and forgiving others because we're forgiven and that once some of the baggage we carry all of our life is we can't forgive people. We just cannot forgive them. And we will say things, but I, I, you know, I love you, I forgive you, but I don't want anything to do for you that you haven't forgiven anybody. Now today, I want to talk to you about a third thing that I think we all face, and it's fear. Fear. We're afraid. We're living in such a confused world that even Christians do not understand the basics of the Christian faith. I want to show you how basic it is. I'm going to read the scripture, and uh, it's going to be the 23rd Psalm. So if you have it written, you can follow it, and I'm going to read from the King James. If you can quote it, I want you to just quote it with me. But I want you and I this morning to start off the message by going to one of the basics, probably the most familiar chapter in the Bible, certainly of the Old Testament. So let's just read it together. And why don't you just stand for just a moment for the reading of this part of the text of the morning. And just let it go out to God as a... And let me tell you before, for those of you that are new believers, this was written by a man named David. David was a little shepherd boy. There's some very cute stories and wonderful, heart-touching stories about David. He killed a giant one day, and we tell our kids all about that. But it wasn't always that way for David. He had woman problems. And he got in a heap of trouble. He committed adultery against his wife and then killed her husband or had her husband killed. That's the man that wrote this. I, I want everybody here today to understand that Christianity is not a bunch of super saints that get together every week to condemn the world. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But there's a future for failures. And God took that man and restored him to the joy of his salvation. And look how this psalm played a part in his personal life. So would you just say it with me? I will read it. And we'll try to stay together. This will not be on the screen, okay? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now listen to this verse. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Would you be seated? Yea, though I walk through the valley. We're in a valley, folks. 
any way, from any direction you want to come, we're in a valley. We're in a culture that is so confused. They cannot see the light from darkness. And the sad thing is a lot of believers have gotten into the same thing. I could illustrate with a thousand illustrations, but one that I think is so relevant is that last week or two weeks ago, all the news media was bragging about how we had the largest lottery ever. And 55 million people, I think, participated. Some, I don't know, some huge number participated with zero chance, really, of ever winning. But they got a lottery up to over a billion and a half, one and a half billion dollars. If you could have took all the Christians out of the lines of the lottery and they'd have taken their whatever they put that gave them nothing, nor will it next Wednesday or the next Wednesday or the next Wednesday, and pulled it out and given it to missions, we could have told the world about Jesus. The Christians! The Christians! The Christians! We are confused in our churches. Churches want to leave the gospel and forget about pleasing the Lord. Let's just make sure people have a good time when they come and worship with us. That's not what church is. It's the time to bless you, and the way he blesses you is he cleanses you from all sin, and you can go your way rejoicing. Many of you have asked about the Christmas offering. I just am so excited to tell you I went back this week, and I noticed as we're getting ready for our 50th anniversary, the first Lottie Moon Christmas offering, which is our gift to foreign missions, in 1966 was $889. For, that was the offering for the Christmas offering. Our offering that our administrator just told me a few moments ago has passed $852,000 going to world missions to tell the world about Jesus. I am glad the people brought that much money. It didn't equal the lottery, but every penny of it is going to be used around the world to tell people about a God that will supply all of their needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Not the lucky ones, the saved ones, the redeemed ones, the forgiven ones. That's what that went to. And we are all the recipients of it. Now, fear has gotten a hold of us. We do crazy things to try to, rather than work, we'd rather do something else to try to get money coming in. We fear death. We fear losing our job. We fear losing our health. We fear that the enemy is going to attack us. We fear that some way, somehow, something bad's going to happen to us. And yet, the Scriptures launches out a clear word. A clear word, fear not, be not dismayed. I, the Lord your God, are with you always. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. A sound mind. God's children have a sound mind. You don't see it in a lot of us, but he has given us a sound mind. Listen to Ephesians 1, 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe 
according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his right hand in the heavenly places. The Scripture teaches us that we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. All of those that choose to walk in the light instead of in darkness, to walk by truth instead of by error and lying, that if we will simply turn and trust him by faith, faith will replace fear. Every fear that I have and you have, listen to me, God has a solution. If we could get in a spot and no one was there but the two of us and the Scripture and a good concordance, you name your fear, and I'll guarantee you, and here is the solution to it. But it all comes back to one thing. I don't care where we go, it's going to come back to one thing. God is alive. He lives in the hearts of his kids. They're not perfect kids, but they have within them something that they can use to stand against the evil one as David would use the little rock to kill the giant. God has given us faith, and with faith, nothing is impossible. Jesus died. He rose from the grave. Let me tell you what happens when a person believes that and asks Jesus into their heart. They don't become a Christian they don't become the member of a church. They become a child of God by adoption, thereby being an heir of God, an, an heir of God. And then each of us have within us the living God through the Holy Spirit that will teach us all truth. And when the world stumbles and falls and, and, and follows every kind of thing going on, imaginable, the Scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. Amen. The bridge between fear and faith is repentance, acknowledging that we're a sinner, turning from that, and no longer the ways of the world, but following him because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Anybody here need comfort today? Anybody need encouragement? Anybody need healing? Anybody need forgiveness? Does anybody need hope? These are the virtues that are promised by God over and over and over. I found this interesting in reading in one of my commentaries. I haven't gone through and counted this. I will just quote what he said. The phrase fear not or the equivalent of those two words is used 365 times in the Bible. Well, what do you think I thought? That's one for every day. And when we get through the 365, it's January the 1st. We can start again. Fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Why is it so easy for us to fear? Because Satan is out to destroy every single one of us. I don't care whether we're six or 60. 
or older or younger, God knows Satan wants to destroy. He's a great destroyer. And so it's normal for us to look and maybe say, you know, I'm afraid of that. But we don't have to. Matter of fact, fear is a sin if you fear anything but God. The Bible says no weapon that's formed against us will prosper for this is inheritance of the children of God. Here, Jesus, Matthew 10, 28. Fear not them which can kill the body, but they're not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Fear can lead to repentance. Repentance leads to faith. And then the words of the believer should not be the words of the world. I just don't think I'm going to make it. I'm afraid I'm not going to make it. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job. I'm afraid I'm, somebody's going to attack us. I'm afraid the stock market's about to go down. I think the price of oil is going to go to nothing. My, my husband and wife, or my husband and wife, I, I'm afraid she's going to leave me. I'm afraid he's going to leave me. And, of course, for the real world, I'm afraid my team is going to win. I mean, lose. You want to be like Jesus? I think you do. I'd hope you would. Job is one of my favorite characters. I don't know why I can, I can identify with this guy so much. It kind of bothers me at times, but Job 3.25 says, for, for the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of has come unto me. You know what? If a believer does not change the way they think, ultimately, if it doesn't come on realistically, it comes on imaginary. Right. You think you are. It doesn't happen, but you think you are. So you don't ever go out at night because I'm afraid I'll have a wreck. I'm not going to eat that. I'm afraid it'll upset my stomach. Might be bluebell ice cream, you know. <laughs> my understanding is some of it will upset your stomach. But anyway... You seen anybody this morning? Now, don't raise your hand, please. They may be sitting beside you. Have you seen anybody this morning looks worried to you? I've seen several. I mean, they look like they've been vaccinated with vinegar and been sucking on a pickle ever since they got here. And you wonder, what in the world? What's wrong? Well, I'm just worried. Don't you just enjoy being around people like that? Have you ever gone out for a nice meal and sit there and listen to somebody tell you what all they're worried about? Now, that just ruins the taste of the food. It just ruins the whole deal. Well, why do we worry? Because I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Yea, though I walk through the valley. Well, I'm in the valley. I'll fear no evil because thou art with me. I have no idea where I'm going, but I'm going with him. I'm still trying to use my telephone. I'm meeting this woman, Siri, or whatever her name is. <laughs> I was leaving Baycliff, Texas, wanted to go to Texas City to a meat market that was there this past week. I asked her, please give me directions to uh, 9th Street in Texas City. You know what came on my phone? 
directions to Switzerland. <laughs> Switzerland. I just got back. It is a long way to Texas City to go through Switzerland. If you look at the people of Houston or the Sagemont Church, there are those who are afraid. There are others who don't know enough to be afraid. But there are those who know God and they know the Bible that God gave us and they're not afraid. They don't have any answers. I don't have any answers. I don't know what another day is going to hold. But I know there's somebody going to go with me through it. His name is Jesus and he is risen. He is alive. And if I go through the valley of the shadow of death, he will be with me. And any other thing that we want to talk about. See, fear is the opposite of faith. And God's Word gives us a recipe to conquer or overcome fear. Listen to some scriptures. Hebrews 10, 38. Now the just shall live by faith. And if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. In other words, if you say, I'm not going to walk by faith, i got to walk by sight. I'm a guy who's got to think it through. I'm going to have an intellectual conversion. No, you'll never be converted intellectually. Salvation comes from the heart. His ways are higher than the thinking person's ways. It's called faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. James 1, 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Romans 10, 17, then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know what? We fear because we do not nourish ourselves with a whole lot of faith. If we don't understand it, if we can't figure it out, and we are in that theological perspective, well, I just don't understand how God could do it, and you just fill in the blanks. I just don't understand why God would do something like that. I'm not sure I can worship a God that does such and such, such and such, such. You're never going to figure that out. Nobody ever got saved any other way by faith. Millions of people feel like their church is going to get them to heaven. All they got to do is join a church, get baptized, fill out a card. And up there in heaven, the angels are just typing that all in. You're in. That's not the way it works, folks. I'll never understand. How one could be born of a virgin, live a life without sin, be crucified when it could have called 10,000 angels to wipe out the Roman Empire, be buried in a grave, rise from the grave three days later, and then go about for 40 days letting people that even were unbelievers see, I am risen, as I said, and then ascend to the right hand of the Father and one day coming back again. You aren't going to figure that out. I'm sorry. You are not going to figure that out. Amen. But it happened. If you ask the believer how they know they live, that, how do we know he lives? He lives within our heart. Anybody that's a believer has enjoyed their last sin. Anytime you see a church going, baptized, 
mouth-confessing person, I'm a believer, and they act just like the world, I can assure you if they are going out and having a good time with the sinners of this world, they've never been born again. Because when God goes in those places, and if God lives in my heart wherever I go, he goes. And if that doesn't bring discomfort, Jesus is not there. I'm sorry he's not there. That makes none of us better than anybody else. It makes all of us worse than Jesus. He is perfect. You quit enjoying sin whenever you become a believer. That doesn't mean you quit sinning, but you quit enjoying it. You've enjoyed your last sin. God will see to that. He will see to that. Don't fear him. He's the God of all comfort. He shows us the symptoms and says, Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will restore you to the joy of your salvation. We sing that song, what a wonderful change, and it's a joyful song. And no one got saved that didn't have joy unspeakable for a bit. But then here comes Satan and the demons of hell to take away. They can't take away the salvation, but they can take away the joy of the salvation. It affects our worship. It affects the way we give. It affects whether or not we serve. It affects whether or not we study and know and love the Scripture. It affects our personality. Psalm 27, 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. Isaiah 8, 12, Neither fear you their fear nor be afraid. Do not, do not fear. That's what the Scripture says. Because I am with you. For the Christian, I want to say it again, fear is a sin. It's a sin. To fear anything but God. And by the way, if you want to go home and study this, there's hundreds of Scriptures that you can go to. I read many of them in the last few days. To just select a few, but they are consistent. Fear does not belong in the life of a believer. Well, I'm just scared to death of what's going to happen to my children. You know what you need to do? Give them to God. Bring them to God. Make sure, don't send them to church, bring them to church. Don't tell them to read the Bible, read the Bible to them. Don't tell them to pray, lead them in prayer. That's what the Scripture would say. And then all of a sudden, good things began to happen. Don't you ever, ever use that phrase. Again, I mentioned it early. The only thing to fear is fear itself. I don't know who wrote that. There's a lot of things to fear for an unbeliever. But for a believer, we do not have to fear fear. We just fear God. Because God says, this is what I'm going to do. And he's going to do exactly what he said. A wise person will respect the commandment to free, free lusty thoughts. They will fear strong drink. The only difference between a social drinker and an alcoholic is one problem. I've seen it all my life. The way I can guarantee you'll never be an alcoholic, don't ever take the first drink. 
Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging. The Bible says whoever partakes thereof is not wise. Excuse me, I know I stepped on some toes, okay? But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Satan knows how to trap us, and he does it continually. Profanity, oh, excuse my French, excuse my slang. No, God doesn't, doesn't confuse when you use his name in vain. It doesn't work that way, folks. God is a God. He's not somebody that's just out there and says, okay, I just love you. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. No, 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 no. Anger. Murder. The list can go on and on and on. A wise person will fear all sin. The instructions from Scripture are to fear God. In Psalm 111, verse 10, it's one of my favorite verses that I, they always comes up. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You just fear him. He says, except you repent, you're going to perish. Believe it, fear it, come to him, claim the benefits. And by the way, you don't have to stand in line. 1 John 4, 18, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. But he who fears has been made perfect in love. He that fears God is made perfect in love. The Scripture teaches us in the last days, men's, and listen to this, hearts will fail because of fear. Luke 20 126, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. I'm telling you, folks, we're living in a world that's scared to death. People that invest big bucks on the stock market get up with fear and trembling and have two cups of coffee now before they turn on the television. Those that thought that Houston's futures in oil are shaking. The people that feel like that politics is the answer and that we're going to solve this problem in Washington realize probably not. Right. Uh, where we're going to solve this problem is when my people, which are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways and trust him and walk by faith, not by fear. Amen. I've heard a hundred times, man, I'm scared to death. So-and-so gets elected president and you just put the name after that. Everybody's scared of somebody that's in the race. Jesus is Lord. Amen. We're his people. We're not called Americans. We're called Christians. God's kids are protected by the blood of Jesus, which cleanses from all sin. God's kids need not be like the world's. What we need to do is just stop and rejoice in the, in the Lord always. Again, I say Rejoice. Romans 8, 15. Here's what it says. For you've not received, talking about us, the spirit of bondage, again, to fear. But we as Christians have received the spirit of adoption whereby we can cry, Abba, Father. Yes. We can call upon him. But you know what the problem is? The church still isn't calling on him. Christians are still not calling on him. They still believe there's some formula or some person other than God himself that's going to bring this nation and our families and our personal lives out of bondage. There is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. His name is Jesus. 
Jesus, Jesus, and he loves you, my friend. You may be mad at what I'm saying, but I'm telling you what I'm telling you in love because Jesus loves you. This I know because this Bible tells me so. And he can take you from the worst. And Beth and I last night were standing in a grocery store and a young man came up to me and he just quickly had a 10-year-old girl. He said, I want you to meet the man that changed my life. I said, I didn't change your life. I, he said, well, I came to his church and he said, he made me mad. He said, I started to get up. He said, two or three people around me, he did get up. But he said, I stayed. And he said, when the end of the service came, telling his daughter this, I gave my heart to Jesus and I've never been the same since. Let me tell you something. Nobody's your enemy if they tell you the truth. If your doctor tells you you have cancer and he knows he can cure that cancer, he's not your biggest enemy. And when God says, you don't fear the devil, don't you fear, no weapon's going to form, trust me. Trust me. And out of the sinking sand, he lifted me. And he does the same thing for you. He will if you'll let him. But you know what? You can't get to be a child of God unless you be a part of the family of God. You say, well, that's my problem right now. I don't want to be like those folks that are in the family of God. No, you're saying, I don't want to be like those church members that live like I do. That's what you're really saying. What you want to do, you don't want to be like the people. You want to be like God. And he'll call the row. He'll sort them out. <laughs> we, don't have to, we don't have to point the finger at each other. God will sort them out. But we don't need to be afraid. Jesus is Lord. He's King of kings. He's Lord of lords. And salvation does not come to any of us in our way. He's not Burger King. You don't get it your way. You get it his way. And he happens to say, you don't know what my way is? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except me. Put the denominational label on it. Put any kind of label you want to put on it. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved but the name of Jesus. Now, that's the Scripture. Somebody says, I don't want to believe the Scripture. That's the choice. But I'll tell you one thing. It isn't going to be your way, and it isn't going to be my way. It will always be his way. So don't look for what the church believes. Look what God says. Today, as always, on Sunday, and even I cannot see the people that are watching on the Internet, my television, but I know you're out there. But I today look in this auditorium at many people. Thirteen last Sunday gave their heart to Jesus in our morning worship service. I'm looking right now in the faces of many. Your life could be changed just like that today. If you would just let go and let God. And quit walking by what you've seen or experienced or heard or what you've done, but just trust Jesus. He says, I will not forsake you. Whoever comes, calls upon the name of the Lord, the Scripture says, shall be saved. And if you would quit believing what people are telling you and start believing what God has told you through Jesus Christ, your life could be changed. I'm, I'm speaking with others Today, you've forgotten whose children you are. You've forgotten who's supposed to be in control of your life. I plead with you today to come into the faith 
Don't worry about what people are going to say. Don't worry about what they're going to do with you, cast you out of their group. Don't worry about that. Anything the devil takes away, the Lord will replace it a hundredfold. Nobody leaves houses in land. I believe it's in Mark chapter 10. The Lord said, for my sake and the gospel's sake, that I will not return to them a hundredfold in this life as well as in the life to come. Right. Your life is still being programmed maybe by the world. Why don't you say, world, I'm not listening to you anymore. I don't, I don't care what the end thing is. I just want to know what the eternal thing is. I want to be born again. The temptation to fear will continue to come to all of us as believers. My challenge to all of us is trusting. Trust his word. Let him take, the, let him take charge. Just crawl up in his lap and let him lift you up. We must all be careful that we don't make up our own theology, that we don't try to plan things the way we would do it if we were God but we would just stop, look at the disease of sin. It came to Adam, first man ever created and been passed on to all of us. Yes. That sin disease remains in the lives of good people as long as they choose to sin. But 1 John 4, 18 says, perfect love cast out fear. Yes. What's perfect love? The love of God, the love of our resurrected Lord. Fear enters as a result of sin, and then it feeds on sin as it continues in our lives, and it's as it accumulates. And the first thing you know, you'll be finding fear where no fear should even exist. You start doubting your salvation. You become amazed that people still believe the Bible. That's, that's gone as the world would say. No, it's not. No, it's not. Elijah struggled like David against the prophets of Baal. He stood up and he conquered, but one woman named Jezebel caused him to run. Don't run. We need to run only to the cross and stay away. Stay, stay with it until Sunday morning. He is risen. We don't serve a crucified Savior. We serve a resurrected Lord, the Son of God. And he wants so much to take your life and use it for God's glory.